0: Tableau for breakfast People of the Pilbara Hello and welcome to People of the Pilbara Now this podcast series is all about you The people of our town that make Karatha such a special place to live And I think there's something really unique about people that come to a place Maybe they've never heard of in the middle of a desert Apparently with nothing to do But as we all know, a lot of us come for a 6 month to 12 month plan And end up staying a decade Like I did so this podcast series, we're going to have a chat to everyday people that call Caratha home to find out what they do here, what they love about Caratha and what's next in their journey. And this week's guest is pharmacist Laura Stewart. We chat to Laura about how she ended up in Karatha, how she met the love of her life, what it's like being transitioned from a pharmacist to owner, of a pharmacy and the difficulty they've had in the industry for the last couple of years. Sit back, relax, grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy my chat with Laura
1: and her journey to call Carapa home.
0: Laura, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Bello. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, we're going to dive into everything pharmacy, of course, over the next couple uh, while here and the questions are going to touch on that but before we get to that I was doing a little bit of research on you did you get to Caratha about 17 years ago when did, when did your sort of relationship with the Pilbara begin?
1: Uh, yeah well actually it was my dad first came here um, in the late 90s um, when my brother and I were still at high school in Perth and um, he relocated here for work and um, so we'd come up in our school holidays and things like that and um, then when we finished high school. Um, I was always going to go on to university, mm-hmm. and my brother didn't really know what he was going to do, so my, my dad had sort of said to him, look, there's some great opportunities for apprenticeships and things up here in the Pilbara, so why don't you come up here and join me and, and do that? So he did that, and uh, I stayed on in Perth and went to university, and I guess about halfway through my degree, I um, you know, I was sort of a bit burned out from studying, and I'd broken up with my boyfriend and... Um, my brother said to me, Oh, sis, why don't you come up here during your uni break and mm-hmm. hang out with us up here? And, um, you know, on the mines, there's heaps of guys up here I can set you up with.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Always looking after you. Yeah, sister. <laughs> you know.
1: And I said, Oh, okay. I don't know about the setup, but I'll, I'll come up and I'll, I'll hang out with you guys over the summer. So I came up and, um, Stay with my dad in Caratha. My brother invited me out to stay at Wickham at the apprentice quarters where he was staying to mm-hmm. go to one of these crazy Wickham apprentice parties that they used to have back in the day. And, uh, I went there and he said, Oh, I want to introduce you to this, this guy that I work with. Oh God. Okay. Here we go. And he said, points him out to me. And I said, Oh, well that guy over there with the big neck brace on. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Oh yeah, don't worry about that. He's He'd broken his neck, but he's he was in a rugby game, but he's doing much better now, you know. But, um, you yeah, know, he's a really nice guy. I think you should talk to him. So I got to chatting to this guy, Andy, and, uh, you know, he was telling me, oh, I'm so bored at the moment because I can't get clearance to go back to work. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I'm just counting the days. And I said, well, I'm up here on my uni break. You know, I don't have much to do either. So we just exchanged numbers. And if you want to catch up, like, give me a call and we mm-hmm. can, you know, go out and... Um, so he called me the next day and um, said, "Oh, I'll take you out for lunch." And I said, "Oh, okay, sounds good." He said, "Where do you want to go?" And I said, "Um, well, I don't really know Karatha, so you choose." You know. So he picks me up and he takes me to the skimpy bar at the tab. Keeping <laughs> it <a> classy. <laughs> so classy. <laughs> and I'd never been to a skimpy bar before. I was like, "Oh my god, where is this guy taking me?" And um, so, we had a great time, and then we hung out and. Um, I guess that's where it started and then we actually were dating long distance then while I finished my university and um, he was sort of finishing his apprenticeship, I finished my university and when that happened um, at the end, he said, well, either you you come up here or I'll come Mm -hmm. to Perth. He Mm -hmm. was keen to come to Perth because he'd lived here his whole life Mm. and I was keen to get out of Perth. Um, So I'd sort of said like most people do, let's just do a few years up there Um, because you've got accommodation with your employer and we can get ahead and and that sort of thing. So so I moved up and there was a new pharmacy here at the time, Pharmacy 777, and I knew about them in Perth and um, I was quite keen on their model because it was very focused on the patient Mm -hmm. and health outcomes. And um, so I approached them for an internship and they took a chance on me and took me on. And that was the start, I guess, of my time in the Pilbara and my relationship with 777.
0: It's always such a unique story, isn't it, Laura, Uh, I think, about how people end up here. And and that's been a common theme throughout this podcast is that uh – People often come up with that idea of one or two years, they meet someone here and then uh, fast forward and you're you 20 years 20 later. Years yeah, later. <laughs> I know.
1: It's so crazy. So yeah. just
0: going back, um, is there, is there a, a history of pharmacy within your family or sort of how, how did you get into this? Did you always no, know you were going to
1: be a pharmacist? Not at all. Actually, I started out doing a medical imaging degree Okay, and um, and then I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to take it photos of people's bones for the rest of my life. You know, yeah. like I was and also like the more I got into it, I was like, oh, it's actually really traumatising for people. You've got to manipulate them in ways with a broken leg. Uh, and it's yeah. so, like, oh I still want to do healthcare, but maybe I need to change tack here. So um uh so I'd done a couple of years of that and I thought, no, I, I don't think and I also I'd always wanted to own my own business. Mm-hmm. And so I started to think of what I could do in healthcare, where I could own my own business. Mm-hmm. And um so I guess that's what sort of what attracted me to it. I thought that there was the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was quite appealing and I just walked into the pharmacy department at our university and said, look, I'd like to – what do I need to do to change over to here? Mm. And they said, I'll just fill out this form and – off I went so yeah. yeah and haven't looked back loved it so
0: it's interesting because I'm from the east coast and when I initially moved to Karatha obviously uh, the business was set up pharmacy 777 and I actually didn't know that it was a huge company right across WA yes. because its origins are in yes. uh, Perth and Applecross and, and, and throughout WA and they now have sprung up over east but for me I actually just thought it was a Karatha chemist I had no idea that it was part oh, of right. a, uh, yeah and really it's now big the network.
1: largest group in WA yeah. so um, yeah really well known in WA, and um, yeah, as as you said, expanding to some parts of the east coast now, which is which is really great. So,
0: so tell us about uh, your first impressions in town. Obviously, you'd been up here a little bit um, regarding with 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 your father, but when you moved here with your then boyfriend, yeah, uh, what were your impressions about living uh, here?
1: Look, it was pretty barren back then, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and um, and Andy, uh, he'd said, oh. Um, I've told my boss that you're going to move here and um, they're going to transfer me because he was in Wickham. Right. They're going to transfer me out to Dampier and um, we get an upgrade in our house. And I said, oh, that's great, you know. So we moved into one of those Dampier flats out there.
0: Oh, wow. The original. <laughs> we thought
1: that was great, you know. We had a sea view and it was awesome. And um,
0: I imagine they were a bit nicer back then as well, right?
1: Well, yeah, well, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> They've aged a bit in 20 years yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, so you know, we had this great little lifestyle out there in Dampier, and we were both just working. And um, and
0: the pharmacy for you traveling for work was it Dampier or was it Caratha?
1: Caratha. That- uh, there was some time when we had a bit of a, a little pharmacy in Dampier. Mm-hmm. That was a bit later on, but um, yeah, just coming into you know Caratha, the big drive. You mm. know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, loved it, and we were in Dampier for like ten years, I think. So um, before we made the move to into town um but yeah like i I, my impressions of it and it's just uh, to to see the growth of it over that time period it's just been phenomenal Mm. when i look back now um and i think oh my god um i live in the palaga now and i look out over the town and just to see how it's grown and the street and everything um it's so crazy to think of what it was and what Mm. it is now so um but it's still got that same sense of community that it always had, um, even as it's growing, which is what I love about it.
0: Uh, we were actually neighbours for a little bit uh, yes, in Palago for correct. a couple of years. It's a great <laughs> place to live, and I think one of the beauties of that place is just walking downstairs. You're right in the CBD. Oh, amazing. And yep. uh, everywhere you can walk, and uh, obviously you can walk to uh, two of your pharmacies from there.
1: Definitely can, yeah. <laughs> I even got rid of my car, probably, So <laughs> oh, there <you> Yeah, go. <laughs> we share one car now, so that's good, yeah.
0: Uh, well, well, what kept you in town? Because obviously uh, in the early days, you you were probably thinking one two years. Uh, your now husband uh, grew up here, so I'm sure he yep. got itchy feet at some point to say, "Hey, let's let's move." Or yeah, well, we'll I think it.
1: you know we um. So we did. Yes, you know, so I did my internship, and then I finished that, and then just sort of working for a couple of years as a pharmacist, doing my best. And um, the the owner at that time had plans to move back to Perth. Um, he had young children that he wanted to school down there, so. I guess the opportunity was there for me to sort of work my way up in the business mm-hmm. and um, so I worked really hard at that and, you know, at that time um, then I found myself kind of leading the charge, I suppose, and I thought, okay, well, if we're going to stay here and do this, then maybe there's the opportunity to ask these guys if I can, you know, buy into these businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, so Andy and I sat down, have a chat, like if we're going to do this, we're going to commit for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um so we both agreed that that would be a good idea um, for our future. So um, so I approached the guys at 777 and asked if they'd be willing to take me on as a partner, and um, they said yes. And um, that was it then. We were in. <laughs> so, so we bought into those businesses, and, and literally I think that must have been about 2010 or something, the mm-hmm. ink would have been drying on the paper that, you know, probably what's now one of the biggest mining booms in WA history mm. began. Mm-hmm. So it was a swift induction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I kind of had the tiger by the tail and I was trying to not let it go and um, still trying to prove myself and I'm thinking, whoa, all of a sudden I'm, you know, no one's got anywhere to live and I'm trying mm. to get pharmacists here and you know, it's just impossible and I was trying to keep staff that were getting stolen by the mining companies all the time and... Um, so it was challenging, um, but rewarding at the same time. Um, and so we did that for a couple of years with Caratha, um, and then Port Hedland came as an opportunity mm-hmm. and I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I went up there and I had a look at it and I thought, oh, the pharmacy's quite run down. It really needs a lot of love. There's an mm-hmm. opportunity here. And I was thinking, oh, well, it can't be that hard. Like it's. Mm-hmm. Pilbara mining town. I've I've done this You've now. Done one, yeah. I know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I was quite wrong. Um, very different kettle of fish. Although you think it would be the same, but yeah, th- some challenges the same, but some just on a different scale. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but look, you know, and I had to live in a caravan when we first went up there because there was nowhere to live. Oh, yeah. So I was living at the caravan park. You know, <laughs> I became friends with all the people in there, which was actually really great from a business point of view because they were all looking out for me. Yeah, um, true. Yeah. Um, and I had this little sense of community in the caravan park there. I mean, one night, um, and I was working long days, you know, 12-hour days trying to get the business up uh, as a pharmacist, you know, and... Um, an old guy came running into the pharmacy one night and said, excuse me, love, are you, are you the chemist living at the caravan park? And I said, yeah. And he goes, your van's leaking water, love. If you give me your keys, so I'll fix it for you. <laughs> so, okay, that's the sort of sense of community, I think, that, you know, you get in a small town like mm. that. Um, but we built that business up and um, later on took on a, a partner there who's been absolutely fantastic. And we opened up another little satellite store there. And, um, yeah, it's going really great. Um, and then I guess the latest thing is back in Caratha mm. and 777 were approached to put a pharmacy in the new Tambray development, um, which which has been going, Yeah, we're really proud of that, um, that store there and well, saves goals. the drive all the way oh, into town. Oh, all the way into town now. <laughs> and, you know, for as someone who was living in damp, you know, you don't have to drive yes. all, you know.
0: <laughs> true, true. Yeah, it definitely helps like <laughs> the, the, the IGA, yeah, you don't have to go all that. the
1: way to Woolies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of been the journey. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: So what's the difference between, uh, obviously it's a big jump from being a pharmacist to then running the businesses. What was something that sort of stood out to you the most, the difference of that?
1: Um, I guess it's just the responsibility you feel to mm-hmm. make sure that the workplace is really great and that you deliver to the town. Um, you know, many times you feel a lot of that pressure on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, like COVID would be a great example, you know, I'd... At that time, one of the most challenging points ever in my career, um, just feeling solely responsible for the medication mm. supply chain yeah. um, in these remote communities and to not drop the ball mm-hmm. and to make sure that we were proactive because um, there were so many medication shortages and things happening around that time. And um, just making sure that we could keep up with demand, keep ahead of the game because it's not like the city where you can just then go, yeah, go down door. the street to the yeah. next pharmacy, you know. So um, so I think it's just the level of responsibility that you take on. And, um, and yeah, I, I really like to make sure that the team's happy and that we're providing a really good service, so it's balancing all of those things.
0: So tell us, uh, what's something that maybe people don't know about a pharmacist? Uh, is there something, some common sort of myths or...? Uh Maybe things that the public gets wrong when it comes to pharmacy, like when I hand over that script... You what's going on in that little, yeah, mysterious
1: back corner. Like what happens What's going on back there, yeah. yeah. Like know, what are you kind of double check be it? A bit, yeah, it's a bit mysterious, isn't it? Well, that's the part where we're making sure it doesn't kill you. Um, <laughs> Always helpful. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Pretty key. Yeah, that's the part where we're making sure that the, the dose is right and this is actually your usual medication. We haven't accidentally been prescribed the wrong thing. Right, okay. um, Or, you know, then lately, um, Often uh, medications are unavailable. So that's mm-hmm. us seeing if we can change it to something else that's mm-hmm. available. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of checks and balances go on behind that little counter where you're all waiting there for <laughs> it. And you're thinking, what are they doing back there? You <laughs> just know, just
0: grab the box.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> we're making sure that that's not going to interact with any other things that you're taking right. and that it's age appropriate and um, all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, there's a lot of little checks that go on back there that you might not realize. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, because it is um, interesting, and I guess I guess guess that would have played a big part, as you mentioned before, uh, the supply chain got really really messed up over the last three years, right? Yes. Um, is that still affecting day to day business now? Uh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. yeah okay. Every day, um, we're still getting pages and pages of out of stocks and things. So we just manage that the best we can, and again, try to be really proactive. Um, and if we notice something in a particular brand starting to get low at the wholesaler, we will immediately jump over and try and restock on something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just the, the pressure of that in a rural town or a yeah. rural pharmacy is much greater because you don't want to let people down. Um, and you, you know that you're often the only port of call. So, um, so you're still carrying on. Um, and I think because most drugs are manufactured overseas and... I guess globally, Australia is quite a small player in the market. Mm-hmm. So we have to really tussle to get our fair share of medications into the country. So um, so unfortunately, we're expecting that to continue for some time. So we're just doing the best we can to kind of manage that day to day. And hopefully the consumers don't notice the worst parts. of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, now this year, you were actually announced as WA pharmacist of the year which is uh incredible, so congratulations.
1: Yeah, thank you. That was that was a shock actually. I didn't even know I'd been nominated. The team nominated me in secret, didn't mm. tell me about it at all until I got the phone call to say I'd won and I thought they'd made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'm just ringing, ringing to let you know you you've you've won WA Pharmacist of the Year And I said, What? Sorry? Are you sure you've got the right person? You yeah. know and she said, Oh yeah, yeah you know Yep, you're Laura Stewart, and you're we're working. I said, "Oh my God, who put you up? You know, who put me yeah, up for yeah. this? You know, so it was the usual suspects, you know, Amira <laughs> and Rohan and Tommy and crew." Um, so, yeah, I was really humbled that they had nominated me for that, and I'm very honoured to win it.
0: Yeah. Well, you've had some uh, incredible staff members work be- with you for for many many years. Uh, is it is it hard to get pharmacists because obviously it's a pretty niche field right is there anything like where they have to go rural for a couple of years or how does it sort of play out
1: no that would be great yeah um it is hard you know um well hard to get really quality people you know and really um that's a key focus for me is getting good quality healthcare professionals to the bush Mm -hmm. um and so i i mean for me if i find one i I just do my best to keep them here and treat them really well and do all those things that you need to do to give people work-life balance and um, make sure that they're happy and healthy and thriving in their careers professionally and socially enjoying things. And um, we've tried many things over the years. Um, Of course, you have to pay well and provide Mm -hmm. good working conditions. Um, More recently, we've, I guess we've focused a lot on students because um, my feeling is if we can get people here as a student, to try it out and experience the town, then they can see that it's not this kind of scary place, Mm. you know. Mm. And um, so more recently we've been working with the universities and we quite rarely, I think, for pharmacy, we take students from all over Australia, all the different states and territories, um, to come here during their university degree for a few weeks at a time oh, cool. just to try it out. Mm-hmm. And then we show them around the place. We give them sort of long weekends to go and explore Exmouth and Coral Bay and the surrounding areas. And then and, you
0: never drop them back at the airport, right? Yes, you? right, yeah. <laughs>
1: You're staying. <laughs> and what we try to do is if they're really good, we sort of try to lock them in there and then, you know. Um, and that's actually been really successful. Um, a couple of the guys that we've got now did that, you know, so...
0: Well, I think that's the key thing. Karatha, uh, when you hear about moving to a new place, that's the hardest bit, right? But if you can get people actually physically here, yes. they'll realise, oh, this place is pretty cool. It's yes. kind of got nearly everything I yes. need. It's great yep. opportunities for work. Yeah, you just got to
1: get them here. It's just getting them here so they have a taste of it, you yeah. know. Um, so... I think I've found a little secret recipe. There seems to be working, so sure. I'm going to continue on with
0: it. <laughs> uh, well, it's sort of playing into this. Is there anything that would make your life easier in that fact? Is there anything you'd change about town or anything you'd implement if we gave you the almighty power,
1: Laura? Oh, um, honestly, I, I think it would be childcare. Mm. Um, I would double the number of childcare centres immediately. If I could just wave mm-hmm. my wedgie, magic wand and do that tomorrow, I would. Um. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, the great thing is we are managing to keep these pharmacists here long term, which is fantastic. But then, of course, um, Mm. as time goes by, they want to have families and things like that, which is awesome Um, and just so great for our community. but yeah, lack of childcare, particularly in Port Headlands, is terrible there at the moment. Got an so, idea
0: for you? Triple sevens under sevens. You could do a.
1: <laughs> <all> right, <laughs> a yes. Side shoot
0: business. I like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an idea that we can just have attached to the top of the pharmacy, and yeah. the guys can you know drop their kids Perfect. and come straight down to work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's true, and I think uh, re- regarding that as well, I-, I know that there's been a massive exodus of au pairs as well. There were so many around before yes, a couple of years back, right? I know. And then They're so, everywhere.
1: Yeah, so my guys are even finding it hard to get that sort of assistance. Um, and, you know, for a business like ours um, that operates extended trading mm. you know, 365 yeah, yeah. days a year, it's even the availability of the childcare hours as well, yeah, which can sometimes be problematic. So, yeah, my magic wand part of it would be that, you know, you could take your child and the, that there's multiple hours available and you can drop them off and that can suit him with what work that you would like to do and pick up. Um, unfortunately, I think we're some way away from that. But well, there's that a whole new wish. business
0: model there if you, if you want to take <laughs> Fantastic. it. I, I won't have any royalties. Um, now, Laura, if people meet you, and is there, we spring this question on everyone, is there maybe something that people wouldn't know about you? Maybe a party trick, uh, something from your past that people, a skill that people would be, oh, I never knew oh. Laura did that. Do you know a language? Is there anything that would sort of surprise people?
1: No, I mean, I'm a twin. Um, okay. So that's something unique, but. Um,
0: identical? I,
1: no, and well, this is a funny thing. So I have a twin brother. I should have clarified okay. that. Yep. But the amount of time I say I have a twin brother and people ask me if I'm identical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that works.
1: You would be surprised. <laughs> yeah, there's some key parts uh, that are different there. So um, <laughs> just <laughs> clarify that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess that's something a bit unique about me. Um, Do you well,
0: share that twin thing? Because often twins say that they can sense things with each other. Do you live in the same state?
1: Uh, yeah, well, you know, he so he did his apprenticeship up here, obviously, and then he's moved down to Perth now. We're very close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's also, like, my best friend. So, And, and he obviously did well at choosing my husband because we're yeah. still together 20 years yeah, later. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> so. Did you help choose his wife? <laughs> well, no, but she was from Wickham too and I approve. <laughs> She's gorgeous. So um, so we've done well with a lot of us um, from our relationships that were born in Wickham back yeah. in the day. Um, lasted the distance, but yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, very cool. Uh, now, what do you love most about living in Carratha?
1: Oh, um, it's definitely the people, I think, Um and like as a business owner, I like I think it's that entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. that exists here and people are just willing to have a crack at things and it's the support that you give each other. Um, and many times people come in and out of small business here and you might go through some challenging times and, and there's sort of this unsaid thing amongst other small business owners, you know, in the community and you don't even really have to say anything to each other without knowing, you already know what you're going through, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, you know, I love that and I love that it's, you can just see someone down the, the pub and have a chat and download a few things and you're often going through very similar things. So um, I don't know that you would get that sort of support in mm. that way in the city. Um, so, yeah, the people here are just so good and so good to each other and, um, yeah, it's that community spirit and drive that I, that I love the most.
0: Uh, so, Laura, what's next for you?
1: Um. Yeah, well, we were talking just before uh, probably we got a few headwinds coming mm. our way in the pharmacy industry. And um, I guess as part of the recent federal budget, the, the government's announced some changes to the way that they proposing proposing medic- medications to be dispensed. And um, whilst that's a win for patients and will save money, which pharmacists fully support um, and we want cheaper medicines for people, um, I guess the part that they're not sharing is the huge impact that's going to have on on pharmacy viability, um, particularly in regional and rural mm. and remote areas. Um, so we're trying to work with the government to understand those issues and make sure that they are across the, the higher costs of living up here and of recruitment and retention um, and of operating businesses up here and throughout regional Australia, um, all over. Um, so it's sort of been sprung on us with very little notice as well, so it's to roll out first of September, mm. and it's going to result in a, a massive hit to the funding model for pharmacy, I suppose. And and for us up here, we've we've really... Well, we pride ourselves on these extended trading hours that we're able to offer the community. Yeah. I think we're probably the only privately owned... Um, health business that opens 12 hours a day, 365 days a year. Um, So, and I think that the community does value that. So, it's about making the politicians aware of what's at stake here. Where are people going to go if the pharmacy is not open after hours? And if it is closed on weekends, what will happen there? Mm. So, um, and we're talking about quite significant cuts they're proposing to make. So... So I've got a few battles ahead, um, but I'm up for the fight, and um, and I feel once the community understand the full story, they will be behind it as well. So um, that's what's coming up next to me. Um, so we were
0: talking briefly about it before I hit record, but uh, and I didn't understand it, because basically the idea is, uh, a very basic view of it, is that currently people get a 30-day prescription. Yep. They're going to give, now people can come in and give a 60-day give subscription. Yep. Win-win for the patient, right? That's great. Yep. Um, but, and I hadn't even thought about this until you raised it, obviously you get paid for uh, dispensing drugs. By the government, yep. Um, by the government, like a rebate sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to miss that second
1: Exactly. Payment. So it's basically cutting that dispenser remuneration mm. in half, um, which is... Very significant. And look, again, it is a win for patients, that for convenience, for coming in uh, less often. Um, and of course, it saves money. So we all want those things. But what we want government to do is to understand what they've put on the chopping block here, though, to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be clear with the Australian people about where that money is coming from. Um, And what we don't want to see is a situation where we're then having to cut those after-hours trading and we're having to reduce the number of pharmacists, you know... you would know, Pablo, you've got a young child. I'm sure that you've We ran up point... there
0: the other night just before... I think we got there at 10 to 8. Right, yeah. You know, and like and it happens regularly for people with kids.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and hopefully you value that service yeah. and having that available in the town, I think, is so important. And there are many rural areas where there is only a pharmacy and no GP service, for instance, mm, where they are the heart of that community. Um, and we've got sort of little pharmacies around here in Dampier and Wickham and we want to make sure they can survive. So... I guess as an industry, we're really tackling this head-on and trying to make government aware of what uh, the consequences of this change will be. So, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge ahead. Um, You might be seeing a little bit more of me. Um, I'm generally a kind of head-down, bum-up kind of person working away busily. Um, But, you know, we're going to have to probably really bring this to the forefront and highlight to people um, what's really at stake.
0: Well, Laura, I can't thank you enough for being open, sharing uh, everything this morning, and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. From round the corner to your street and neighbourhood, this is Pablo for Breakfast.